0: You're listening to A Conduit's Diary. This is a podcast about me, Rachel, and my experiences as I investigate paranormal activity as a conduit. This is rated R for explicit because I do have a little bit of a foul mouth. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you listen to it. It's been a while since I did one of these, but join me today in an episode of Haunted Arizona. Bisbee and Tombstone, Arizona. After my last few Haunted Arizona episodes, I had a few people reach out to claim that Bisbee, Arizona, was the most haunted place in Arizona. It's often forgotten because of its location. It's south of Tucson and just 15 minutes or so north of the Mexico-Arizona border. It's also a small, quirky town with about 5,000 residents. It shares Haunted Jerome's history of mining, becoming a serious town during the boom in the early 1900s. The city has really capitalized on its haunted origins. Part of its allure includes haunted hotels, seance rooms, and ghost tours through the city. Copper Queen Hotel is a well-known part of Bisbee's haunted history. It's no wonder. It's Arizona's longest continuously operating hotel, opening in 1902. They boast three certified ghost rooms, where the paranormal is sure to visit you. Room 401, the no-name room, is haunted by an older male ghost. You can see his shadow and smell his cigar smoke. Room 315 is haunted by Julia Lowell. She was a courtesan who hung herself after her regular wouldn't leave his wife for her. Lastly, room 412 holds Billy, a young boy who drowned in the San Pedro River. His haunting is typical of children, running, laughter, things going missing or moving about in the room. Some say children are the only ones who can see his spirit, and parents report hearing their children talking to an invisible boy. These three ghosts have been confirmed in the hotel, but there's been up to 16 reported ghosts in the hotel. If you stay in the hotel, be sure to write in their ghost journal if you experience anything spooky. Another famous haunted hotel is the Bisbee Hotel, or Hotel L'Amour. Like the Copper Queen, it can trace its history back to the mining boom in the early 1900s. It even overlooks the Copper Queen, situated on B Hill. Room 11 has a haunted bathroom, where guests claim they can hear someone rummaging in the bathroom at all hours. They've even reported the ghost interfering with their toothpaste. Room 15 is haunted by a ghost that I'm sure we can all relate to, an exhausted one. The ghost is known for crawling into bed with guests to go to sleep. Sometimes guests can see the imprint of a body on the mattress next to them. No one has actually seen these two ghosts. The most visible ghost is found on the second floor of the hotel. He's dressed nice and is described as handsome. No one is sure who he is or his connection to the hotel. Since the hotel housed a lot of miners, it's no surprise that guests have reported the specter of a miner on his way home. He's seen in coveralls and holding a pickaxe. Another physical ghost is the lady in white, who's said to have saved the lives of countless people by intervening. It's reported she saved a group of boys from dying by a rock slide. One of the most famous guests isn't human at all. It's a cat that likes to frequent room 23. It's likely the spirit of a calico cat that lived near the saloon next door, but would sneak into the warm hotel in the winter. This is part of what caused its untimely demise, and the cat just never left. To no surprise, a third haunted hotel exists in Bisbee, the Bisbee Grand Hotel. This renovated Victorian hotel was built in 1906 for traveling mining executives. In keeping with the creepy vibe, this hotel has 13 rooms. At night, guests can hear piano playing, despite no one being there. A Victorian woman is known to haunt rooms two and three, often seen holding a tray as she goes about her duties. No haunted town is complete without a cemetery. The Evergreen Cemetery, also known as the Bisbee City Cemetery, first opened in 1912. Many of those buried here were early miners, who still roam the ground angry about their untimely deaths in a strange place. Many of the gravestones are made from excavated ore from the mines, an ode to the miners buried there. This cemetery isn't to be confused with Old City Park, which was the original resting place of many of the miners who ended up in the Evergreen Cemetery. This park boasts ramadas, slides, basketball hoops, and the ghosts of those once buried there. Due to poor record keeping, it's impossible to assure that all the bodies were exhumed and rumors circulate that it's haunted by those left behind children are known to play with invisible kids in the park their parents can't see. With all the haunted hotels and cemeteries, it's no surprise that the mine itself is haunted. The mine hasn't been operational for some time, so it's open to tours. For a small fee, you can don a hard hat and journey deep into the cold darkness of the mine. I went once as a kid during summer camp, and it's full of ghosts. Trust me. If you're more into the theatrics of haunting, the Bisbee seance room may be more up your alley. This show is one hour long and involves a seance meant to communicate with any of the many spirits that roam Bisbee. Honestly though, you can't talk about Bisbee without also bringing up Tombstone. Depending on your direction, you'll likely drive right through Tombstone to get to Bisbee. I know what you're thinking, and the answer is yes, that Tombstone. It really exists. The Birdcage Theater is the most well-known haunted location. In 1882, the New York Times declared that Tombstone's Birdcage Theater was the roughest, bawdiest, and most wicked night spot between the Basin Street and Barbary Coast. It was named so due to the cages that hung from the ceiling with the painted ladies who entertained from them. It's no surprise that this place went on to see 26 people lose their lives. Most of these deaths were attributed to gunfights and other such Old West brawls. One of the more well-known murders involves the death of a painted lady named Margarita. She was sitting on the lap of a man named Billy when another painted lady named Gold Dollar approached. She was so upset seeing her with Billy, who she claimed was her boyfriend, that she stabbed Margarita in the chest in an attempt to carve her heart from her chest with a stiletto. Gold Dollar got away with murder because she hid the murder weapon so well. It was found years later and is now on display at the local museum. You can still see Margarita in the Bostrod, wearing just a bloomer. The birdcage was frequented by legends such as Doc Holliday, Wyatt Earp, and Johnny Ringo. It was truly a haven. The fact that you can count over a hundred bullet holes in its interior lends to this myth. Those who died still visit the saloon. You can hear laughter at all hours of the day. There's also sightings of a male staff member dressed in 1800s attire, tending to the guest. A dice table, which was so heavy it took eight people to move, once slid across the floor. A statue of Wyatt Earp that sat in one of the cribs that overlooked the floor was tormented for some time. His hat was knocked off his head or the statue turned around in night and found in the morning by the staff it wasn't until they moved the statue to the crib he typically used when he was alive that the occurrences stopped the haunted boot hill graveyard is home to some of the most famous haunts in tombstone margarita is buried here so is lester moore billy clanton and tom and frank McLowry. the graveyard was named so because these people were buried with their boots still on ghosts roam this graveyard as though they never died. The gift shop has reported things moving and misplaced without explanation. It's a hot spot for spectral photography, with countless photos of the dead outlaws lurking in the background of people's photos. People have also reported hearing voices from an unmarked grave. One of the most famous ghosts is Sing Choi, the woman in red that ran the general store and the opium den when she was alive. The Crystal Palace Saloon has been in operation for 140 years, so it's no wonder it's haunted. It survived everything from burning in the ground in the 1880s to prohibition. Doc Holliday was known to frequent this place. Nowadays people report everything from the roulette wheel moving on its own to the sound of boots and spurs echoing through it. Big Nose Kate, who was once Doc Holliday's lover, who tried to get him arrested for murder, is seen hanging around the saloon. There's also a man who likes to sit at a table, stand up, and then disappear into the bathroom. There's also countless stories of cowboys haunting the place. Some like to play pranks, like show up in the background of people's photography. No story about Tombstone is complete without mentioning the O.K. Corral. In truth, the famous shootout at the O.K. Corral actually happened six doors down. The Cowboys of Tombstone, Billy Claiborne, Ike and Billy Clanton, and Tom and Frank McGlory, had a long-standing hatred of the lawmen of Tombstone, Virgil Earp, Morgan and Wyatt Earp, and Doc Holliday. Some think the ordinance passed by the law requiring weapons to be left at the livery started the fight. The Cowboys, who were called some of the worst robbers by the law and townspeople alike, said that the rules made the Earps Badge-Toting tyrants. It appears some things never change. On October 26, 1881, the Cowboys came to town and started to load up their cartridge belt with bullets. Virgil Earp saw them defy the ordinance, which just escalated tensions. The Cowboys then made their way to the O.K. Corral, where they were overheard talking about murdering the Earps. The Cowboys and the Earps met head-on, six blocks down, where Virgil called for the cowboys to surrender their weapons. The gunfight ensued when the cowboys didn't. In the end, the McLaurie brothers and Billy Clanton were killed. Virgil and Morgan Earp and Doc Holliday all sustained injuries, but lived. The most common ghosts at the OK Corral are cowboys in wide-brimmed hats. It's anyone's guess if these are the spirits of lawman Virgil Earp, who's said to have an office at the saloon, or if it's one of the countless others who died by gunfight at the corral. The livery has cold spots, and guests can still hear the sound of horses in the street. It's also alleged that Jim Burnett haunts the O.K. Corral. He was the justice of the peace in nearby Charlestown. He was also the town's judge and marshal. And he worked as a bounty hunter, returning outlaws for money. He had a long feud with a man named William Green, who by all accounts was a browbeater. Their feud actually caused the death of both of Green's daughters. Green built a dam, and that kept water off Burnett's land, which is really important in the desert. Burnett then, allegedly, blew up the dam. Unfortunately, the day the dam blew was the day the Green's two daughters and wife were swimming in a watering hole. The sudden rise of water from the destruction of the dam led to both of the girls drowning. Green suspected Burnett blew the dam, but he had no proof. He ran a $1,000 reward for anyone who could give him any information. A local man confirmed his suspicions, and Green began to hunt Burnett. He found him a few days later, on July 2, 1897, at the O.K. Corral. He unloaded three revolvers worth of bullets into Burnett, who died instantly. Guests report sightings of Burnett and the O.K. Corral infrequently, The working theory is he's out patrolling the streets, trying to round up the outlaws of the city. Today, you can visit the O.K. Corral and experience this bit of history. Bisbee and Tombstone are fascinating testaments to the Old West, a time which really only existed for a few short decades. Bisbee has done a great job at creating a hub for artists and food. If you're wanting to visit these towns, but don't necessarily want to be scared, there's so much to do without encountering a ghost. Well, at least intentionally encountering one. A Conduit's Diary is created by me, written and produced by me, mixed horribly and edited by me. Cover art created by BMC Design on Fiverr. Music, intro and outro created by Chris Hornberger.